Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Joshua assisting me today. We are the Commandment Keepers Church. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson will be titled, Brothers and Sisters, Satan's Instrument of Evil. Brothers and sisters, Satan's Instrument of Evil. Today we will learn the role government has played in our current conditions, brothers and sisters. And guess what? You'll learn today that the Bible is quite loquacious on this particular topic. So today we'll come face to face with the cause of many of our current ills, brothers and sisters. We're going to start in Isaiah, the 30th chapter, and we're going to read verses 1 through 3. Isaiah 30, verse 1. Woe to the rebellious children, said the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with the covering, but not of my spirit. That they may be, that they may add sin to sin. That walk to go down into Egypt, and have not asked my mouth, to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh, and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Now, brothers and sisters, if you examine this text closely, this text highlights our histrionics of trusting government infrastructure. When it says, "Walk down to Egypt, strengthen themselves in Pharaoh," Pharaoh, brothers and sisters. Today's term for him would be president. So if Pharaoh is president, then this is speaking of government infrastructure, brothers and sisters. Let's read the first verse again, brother, please. Isaiah 30, verse 1. Woe to the rebellious children, said the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with the covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, that walk to go down into Egypt. To go where? Down into Egypt. And have not asked my mouth. At my mouth. To strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh. And to trust in the shadow of Egypt. In the shadow. So here it is. Isaiah was quite truculent in describing our confidence in government. A shadow is something you can see but cannot, but cannot touch. There's no substance. Brothers and sisters. See? Now the Most High said... This was rebellious because here it is, you're looking to the government of Egypt instead of looking to him. Read verse 3, brother, please. Verse 3. Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame. What did he say? Therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame. And the trust in the shadow of Egypt, your confusion. See, so it emphasizes our perpetual reluctancy to trust the Most High, brothers and sisters. We can't dismiss this as some... Um, Exegist matter, brothers and sisters. He said you'll you'll be shamed for trusting in government. You'll be confused by trusting in the same governments that have always destroyed you, brothers and sisters. Are you seeing that clearly? Because this is the topic today to show you that our people have always been brutalized by government, brothers and sisters, yet have always been trusting in governments that are not of God, brothers and sisters. And the most high is not a fan of that behavior, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. Follows. Let's show you that they know. Satan knows we're very trusting. We're going to go to Titus in the New Testament, the first chapter, the 15th verse. We're going to have Brother Joshua read that. Titus 1, verse 15. Under the pure, all things are pure. But under them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind 
and conscience is defiled. Brothers and sisters, look at this closely because there's an essential difference in the moral characters of men. Read 15 one more time, brother. Titus 1 verse 15. Unto the pure all things are pure. Read that part again. Unto the pure all things are pure. Unto the pure all things are pure. See, brothers and sisters? So if our trusting nature is directionless, it can be it can be it can result rather in manipulation because why pure people see everything from a pure perspective brothers and sisters and satan understands this well brothers and sisters let's read that one more time verse 15 under the pure all things are pure why because their purity makes all seem pure but under them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure but even their mind and conscience is defiled now look at that it's saying someone who who's wicked everything they do everything they see is wicked they're looking to how to manipulate brothers and sisters so what we're learning here is an inability to make distinction between pure and impure could prove to be fatal brothers and sisters when it says to the pure all things are pure that means that we're easily deceived brothers and sisters we are easily deceived and we're going to show you that today Brothers and sisters, today's titled lesson is what? Satan's instrument of evil. We're going to show how Satan has always utilized government to oppress the children of Israel since the beginning of time. Brothers and sisters, we're going to go back to Isaiah. We're going to Isaiah, the 30th chapter. We're going to read the 12th and 13th verses. Isaiah 30, verse 12. Wherefore, thus said the Holy One of Israel. Who? The Holy One of Israel. Because ye despise this word, and trust in oppression, and perverseness, and stay thereon. So look at it, brothers and sisters. Because this text is highlighting our misguided trust in those who will prove to be fraudulent. Read that one more time, Brother Joshua. Isaiah 30, verse 12. Wherefore, thus said the, the Holy One of Israel. Because ye despise this word, and trust in oppression. And trust in what? Oppression and perverseness, and stay thereon. Time and time again, we've complied with the creation over the creator. He said, you trust in oppression. The same people who have oppressed you, you trust them time and time again. Brothers and sisters, read the 13th verse, please, brother. Verse 13. Therefore, this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to as a breach ready to fall. This is a threatening of punishment, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. Verse thirteen. Therefore, this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall, whose breaking cometh suddenly and in an instant. Look at this, brothers and sisters. Depending on government would involve us. Ultimately, excuse me, <laughs> look at it closely because when it says like a breach to ready to fall, brothers and sisters, it's telling you that do, trusting in this oppression, this perverseness is going to ultimately lead to ruin, brothers and sisters. Rejecting the Most High's counsel and placing confidence in the creature would cause devastation, brothers and sisters. It's just like if you have a dam, brothers and sisters, and that this dam has a small breach in it, a small hole in it. It starts very small, and then the water comes rushing out, and it explodes all at one time at a sudden instant, brothers and sisters. 
We're going to read that from the top. I need you to look at it closely, brothers and sisters. Satan's instrument of evil. Isaiah 30, verse 12. <clears throat> Wherefore, thus said the Holy One of Israel, because ye despise this word, and trust in oppression and perverseness, and stay thereon. And stay thereon. So not only do you trust in the oppression, but you stay under it. Therefore, this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall, whose breaking comes suddenly at an instant. At a what, brother? At an instant. So those who make the Most High alone their confidence will have comfort, brothers and sisters, not trusting in oppression, brothers and sisters. Our people have always trusted in those who are fraudulent, those who are not worthy of trust, brothers and sisters. See, we trusted Barack Obama. We trusted Bush. We trusted all these politicians, brothers and sisters. We trusted the Democrats. We trusted the, you know, the Republicans. He's saying you're too trusting. Government has always been corrupt. And we're going to use the Bible to show that, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 1, verse 3. Can you speak a little louder, brother? We're going to read 3 through 9, Isaiah. brothers and sisters. Excuse me. Isaiah 1, verse 3. What does that say, Brother Joshua? The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know. My people did not consider. They don't what, brother? My people did not consider. Look at that, brothers and sisters. So here it is. He's highlighting what? The ingratitude of the children of Israel. Read that one more time, brother. Isaiah 1, verse 3. The ox knoweth his owner. And the ass his master's crib. But Israel did not know. My people did not consider. So it's telling you, listen, an ox even looked to its owner to feed it. <laughs> but Israel does not even consider. Verse 4. If you look at it, brothers and sisters, here it is. He's talking about how trusting we are in oppression. It's showing you here, brothers and sisters. Even the dumbest of animals look to their masters for sustenance. Verse 4, a sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord. They have what, brother? They have forsaken the Lord. We're reading the source of all our ills. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel on anger. They are gone away backwards. We're going backwards, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 5, why should ye be stricken any more? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. Look at that, brothers and sisters. It's telling you, Israel will continue to be stricken as long as we rebel. He said, how much longer shall you be, shall you be spanked? How much longer shall you be laden with this pain to be struck? How, how, so obviously, brothers and sisters, if he's asking how long will we deal like this, he's telling you that this could be over. The way you're living could be transformed, but you have to do something. You're responsible for this. Why? Because you trust in perverseness. You trust in oppression and stay there on, brothers and sisters. We're going to talk about it today, brothers and sisters. Jump to verse 6, brother. Isaiah 1, verse 6. From the sole of the foot, even under the head, there is no soundness in it. So from the bottom of our people all the way to the top, to the leadership, brothers and sisters. But wounds and bruises, 
and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Now, brothers and sisters, look at this closely. Because where our disobedience and lack of submission has brought us is what we're reading here. Can you read verse 6 again, brother? Isaiah 1, verse 6. From the sole of the foot, even on the head, there is no soundness in it. But wounds and bruises and putrefying sores, they have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Mollified with ointment, that means there's been no healing, brothers and sisters. All of this time that we continue to be stricken, brothers and sisters, all of this time that we continue to suffer with no healing, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. Uh, read verse 7, Brother Joshua, please. Isaiah 1, verse 7. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. And it is desolate. As overthrown by strangers. As what, brother? As overthrown by strangers. Look at that. We're reading the consequences of our sinful conduct. He's saying your land has been taken over by strangers. They they devour it in your presence. They disrespect the holy land in your presence. They disrespect the promised land while you have some secondary some secondary land mass that you're on that you have control over. See, further proof that the people in Israel are not the people of Israel, brothers and sisters. They're not the children of Israel. They're Gentiles. They're heathens in the promised land, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, please. Isaiah 1, verse 7. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. And it is desolate. That's overthrown by strangers. Continue. And the daughter of Zion was left as a cottage and a vineyard, as a lodge and a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city, except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. We should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. So he's telling you, brothers and sisters, many of our people are going to be destroyed. He's going to have to, He there's only going to be a remnant of us. Because if he would have left us alone, we would have been like Sodom and Gomorrah, which was smoke, which was still today, brothers and sisters. <laughs> you can see the land is burnt with sulfur, brothers and sisters, for all of the iniquity that transpired in that land. So he's saying, I had to let you be destroyed, Israel, or the whole thing would have become sick, brothers and sisters. Now, this is telling you that a lot of our people are not going to make it through what's coming, brothers and sisters. Only a small remnant of our people. Why? Because many of our people are evil. Brothers and sisters. Many of our people are evil. Only thing they look to do is iniquity. Brothers and sisters. We sell dope to eat to our own families. To our own people. We shoot each other. Brothers and sisters. We swing up and down poles. We make music about killing each other. And selling drugs in our own communities. Brothers and sisters. The Most High said what, brother, in verse 9? Isaiah 1, verse 9. Except the Lord of hosts had left on us a very small remnant. A what, brother? A very small remnant. Only a small remnant. We should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. See? Which Sodom and Gomorrah was struck down, brothers and sisters. Never inhabited again, brothers and sisters. See? So here it is. We're learning. This is what the Most High is saying to Israel, to us, brothers and sisters. So we're going to learn today. 
We're going to learn. Let's go to Jeremiah, brother. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 2. We're going to read verse 13 and 14, brothers and sisters. Follow us there, please. Jeremiah 2, verse 13. My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns. Yes, sir. Broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now, brothers and sisters, a cistern is like a vase, brothers and sisters. Something um, where you can transfer or carry waters, brothers and sisters. Look at it closely. Can you read that again, brother? Jeremiah 2, verse 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water. We've forsaken the living water. And hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. So here it is, brothers and sisters. When it says we committed two evils, the first evil was forsaken the living water. So what is he telling you? He's saying the most high is the never-ending supply of good. Read that one more time, brother, because we're going to show you the first evil and then the second. Jeremiah 2 and 13. My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me the fountain of living water. That's the first evil. And hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. See, so he said, not only did you refuse me, but you went somewhere else. <laughs> so he's saying, my people work harder for greatly inferior supply. Imagine, brothers and sisters, a vase, a cup with water. Uh, or, or a cup with a hole in it, brothers and sisters, and you're trying to transfer water from one place to the other place. But you use the, the cup that's cracked with holes in it instead of the, using the fully, uh, the fully fortified cup. That's what he's saying. He's saying you're working harder because you're choosing a broken system. Instead of trusting me, you, you find a way, uh, or you trust in places that have holes in them that was never meant to sustain you, brothers and sisters. So he's saying you're doing quadruple the labor only to receive a quarter of the results. Read that one more time, brother. Jeremiah 2, verse 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. Continue. Verse 14, is Israel a servant? Is he a home-born slave? Why is he spoiled? See, so look at that, brothers and sisters. Are we a home-born slave? Why? Because you're doing more work than you have to, and you're going to have to continue to work. Why? Because it's a hole in that vase, Israel. There's a hole in that cup, Israel. See? So leaving the Most High has postured us for infinite labor. That's why he said, are we a home-born slave? Brothers and sisters, what we're reading is self-inflicted slavery, brothers and sisters. That's what we're reading here. Not only did you forsake the most high, but then you chose a way in which was oppression. You chose oppression, Israel. That's what you wanted, Israel. The most high said, I had rest for you, Israel. You chose to do this and you continue to do so. So we're going to learn about it today, brothers and sisters. Satan's instrument of evil. Satan have always used government, brothers and sisters, the infrastructure of government, of Gentile governments to do what? To oppress our people, brothers and sisters, to stand on our backs, brothers and sisters. No government is good unless it's the government of God, 
brothers and sisters. And we know that there's not a government around on the earth right now that's good. Because none, what government here is saying, okay, well, on the Sabbath, shut everything down on the Sabbath. Matter of fact, no Christmas. We don't celebrate Christmas in this country. See? No, matter of fact, Babylon tell you freedom of religion. <laughs> See, freedom of religion. You bring me your sorcerers. Bring me your witches. You do whatever you want here. See? The Most High have an issue with us, brothers and sisters. We're going to talk about it today. Let's go to 1 Samuel, Brother Joshua. We're staying in the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. We're at 1 Samuel. Um, we're going to read verse, or excuse me, chapter 8, verse 4 through 7. 1 Samuel 8, verse 4. What's that said, brother? And all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. They said what? Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Brothers and sisters, we solicited Samuel to find someone to rule over us. See, at one time, we didn't have a king. We didn't have anyone ruling over us other than the Most High. But here it is, our people go to Samuel and say, well, listen, Samuel, you're old. Your sons are not following the Most High, so find us a king. Samuel was the prophet during this time, the prophet of Israel, brothers and sisters, at this time. So here it is. We are we're begging for someone to rule over us, brothers and sisters. I need you to read verse 5 again, please, brother. First Samuel 8 and 5. And said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Like what, brother? Like all the nations. So here we read Israel trying to conform to the standard rather than be the standard. They're like, well, listen, everyone else has a king. Let's just be like them. What's next, brother? Verse 6. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. See, so look at that, brothers and sisters. The Most High had created Israel as a unique people. He was our leader. See, and here was our people are begging to be subjugated. Samuel was furious. He was displeased. He was sad. He was sorrowful. Why? Because he understood. The Most High was our king. But no, Israel has always begged for slavery. They've always begged to be subjugated, brothers and sisters. Read verse 6 one more time, brother, please. Verse 6. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord, and the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people, and all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. That what? That I should not reign over them. See? So the key to the Most High's displeasure was the request itself, brothers and sisters. See? Because he said that the request itself was a rejection of him, brothers and sisters. See, now we're seeing why Samuel was displeased. Samuel was angry because he knew we were rejecting God's rule, brothers and sisters. See, this was our people, always looking to be like everybody else. When God made us distinct and unique, brothers and sisters. 
We just wanted to show you, historically, we've always looked for someone to rule over us or lead us, other than the Most High, brothers and sisters. They said, no, we want a king that we can touch, that we can see, instead of, you know, the Most High God, the creator of all things. We're going to talk about it today, brothers and sisters. We're going to talk about it. Let's go to Judges 8 and 22, brother. We're going to the book of Judges, brothers and sisters. Chapter 8, we're going to read verse 22 and 23. Judges 8, verse 22. Then the men of Israel said unto Gideon, 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 rule thou over us, both thou and thy son. So here it is, brothers and sisters. A lot of us, a lot of people who study the Bible know that Saul was the first king. But there was a man they went to before Saul, brothers and sisters, and his name was Gideon. Could you read that again? Verse 22, Then the men of Israel said unto Gideon, Rule thou over us, both thou and thy son, and thy son's son also. For thou hast delivered us from the hand of Midian. So here it was, Gideon, who had just won a, a, a battle with the, with the Midianites, brothers and sisters. Our people have now gone to Gideon because he was a good fighter to ask him to be our king. Continue. Verse 23, and Gideon said unto them, What did he say, brother? I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. Now look at that. Here it was, the kingship was offered and refused. Brothers and sisters, Israel made an offer of a dynastic kingship to Gideon. How do we know? Read 22 one more time, brother. Verse 22. Then the men of Israel said unto Gideon, Rule thou over us. Both thou and thy son. And thy what? And thy son. And thy son's son that's, also. That's a dynasty, brothers and sisters. See? They offered him dynastic rulership or kingship. They said, not only you, Gideon, but your whole line. Your son, his son. Read verse 23, please, brother. Verse 23. And Gideon said unto them. What did he say? I will not rule over you. What did he say, brother? I will not rule over you. Gideon gave an absolute refusal. Neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. See? So Gideon rejected the kingship and tells our people to look to the most high for leadership. That's a righteous man, brothers and sisters. How many of us could do that? How many of us could reject power, the offer of power, to be the most powerful man? Gideon was a righteous man, brothers and sisters. See, a lot of our people don't even know there was someone before Saul. We know about Saul, yeah. But there was somebody that they went to, that they offered the kingship to before Saul, brothers and sisters. And we just wanted to show that. We wanted to show you that historically our people have always salivated to be subjugated, brothers and sisters. That's why I said, is Israel a home-born slave? Is Israel a servant? See? Brothers and sisters, follow us to Psalms, chapter 146, verse 3 through 5. Psalms 146, verse 3. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. Now, we have to, we, let's examine the first text, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, please, brother. Put not your trust in princes. Now, right there. Princes, brothers and sisters. That equates to government, 
You have kings, queens, princes. That was the authority. That was the structure. In today's world, you have presidents, vice presidents, and Congress, brothers and sisters. So a prince during this time was actually government. So what is he saying, brother? Verse 3, put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. Look at that. So this highlights the vanity of confidence in men and the necessity of trust in who? The Most High God, the Creator. Verse 4, his breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth, and that very day his thoughts perish. So it's telling you every man dies the same brothers and sisters so he's saying you should never put your confidence in somebody who breathed air brothers and sisters see so even the highest among men are not worthy of our confidence how do we know because he said don't even put your trust in princes now we, we're going into this today brothers and sisters why because our people are being swayed by democrats and republicans and black lives matter all of this is government brothers and sisters all of it. Let's read that from the top, brother, please. Psalms 146, verse 3. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth, and that very day his thoughts perish. See, so this emphasizes how short and fleeting the life of a man is, brothers and sisters. Verse 5. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord of the Lord his God. In what, brother? Whose hope is in the Lord his God. See, so what we're reading in Psalms one and one forty six, brothers and sisters, is a prohibition against trusting in the created over the Creator, brothers and sisters. See, because why Titus told us that we're very trusting to the pure, all things are pure, right? Satan knows that, brothers and sisters. Satan knows that we've always been looking for leadership. We've always looked for someone to tell us what to do, brothers and sisters. Since the time of Saul, before Saul, we wanted a king that would rule over us. The Most High is saying, listen, I rule over you. I tell you what to do. Everything you need, you can find within my word. Our people reject that. Well, yeah, I believe this this congressman or or, or this president or vice president is going to do something for Hispanic and black people. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The only time black people matter is during election time, brothers and sisters. It's the only time. Time and time again, brothers and sisters. Time and time again, we fall for the same tricks. Brother Joshua. We're going to go into Jasher now, because why? We're going to break it down, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you how the Egyptians manipulated and used us. The Egyptian government, that is. We're going to check out the Persians, the Babylonians, the Greeks and Romans. We're going to go through each empire, brothers and sisters, and show you how the government was corrupt, and the Bible highlights that. See? We're going to show you that the Constitution, brothers and sisters, was put in place to protect you from the government. Supposed to. <laughs> when you read the Constitution and it talks about the right to bear arms, it tells you to, to protect you from government. That's actually in the Constitution, brothers and sisters. So it's telling you that the government has always been corrupt. 
brothers and sisters, always. And we're going to show you just how far that goes back. Let's go to Jasher, brother. We're going to, we're going to Egypt, brothers and sisters, to show you how our people got into slavery, brothers and sisters. When Moses was born, we were already slaves, brothers and sisters, right? We got to show you how we got there, brothers and sisters. Let us show you. We're going to go to Jasher, chapter 65. We're going to read verse 1 through 14. I need you to listen closely, brothers and sisters, because everything we're getting ready to read was government imposition against our people. Jasher 65, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that all the counselors of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Who was Pharaoh? King of Egypt. So here it is. We're setting the stage here, brothers and sisters. This was government here. Pharaoh would have been the president, brothers and sisters. His counselors, as it's saying in verse 1, would have been Congress, brothers and sisters. Jasher 65, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things, that all the counselors of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and all the elders of Egypt assembled and came before the king and bowed down to the ground. And they sat before him, and the counselors and elders of Egypt spoke unto the king, saying, What did they say, Brother Joshua? Behold, the people of the children of Israel is greater and mightier than we are. And thou knowest all the evil which they did to us in the road when we returned from battle. So here it is, brothers and sisters. They're sitting having a, a good old talk about the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. See, this is what goes on at the Pentagon, uh, at the, excuse me, <laughs> at the Pentagon, brothers and sisters, which is, is a pentagram. But this is what, this is the, the round table talks that the children of Israel are not privy to. See, they sit around and talk about how to destroy us, brothers and sisters. Read verse four, brother, please. Verse four. And thou hast also seen their strong power, for this power is on them from their fathers. For but a few men stood up against a people numerous as the sand, and smote them at the edge of the sword. And of themselves not one has fallen, so that if they had been numerous, they would then have utterly destroyed them. Now therefore give us counsel what to do with them, until we grad gradually destroy them from amongst them. Now here it is. Look at this, brothers and sisters. It says they would look to gradually destroy us, brothers and sisters. This is government here, brothers and sisters, as the first scripture in Joshua 65 indicated. This was who? This was the Pharaoh, which would be king, and his counselors, which would be his government, brothers and sisters. Read verse 5 one more time, brother, please. Verse 5. Now therefore give us counsel what to do with them. Until we gradually destroy them from amongst us, lest they become too numerous for us to, for us in the land. Look at this. So they're saying, listen, they're like the sand of the sea, which was a blessing of our people. Our people are very fertile, brothers and sisters. And all the other nations know this because we're more fertile than them, brothers and sisters. And they always believed in militia or military powers based on the number of people you have. See, brothers and sisters? So this was their plan. How do we destroy them before they continue to procreate? And then, and then what do they do now? How do they stop us from becoming numerous? Hmm? 
Parent Planhood or Planned Parenthood, excuse me. See? <laughs> so ever since Exodus, brothers and sisters, they have been looking to deal with population control in regards to our people, brothers and sisters. This was government. Okay? Read verse 5, brother, please. Verse 5. Now therefore give us counsel what to do with them until we gradually destroy them from amongst us. At least they become too numerous for us in the land. For if the children of Israel should increase in the land, they will become an obstacle to us. They shall what, brother? They will become an obstacle to us. And if any war should happen to take place, they with their great strength will join our enemy against us and fight against us. Destroy us from the land and go away from it. See, so this was what they feared. They said, it's too many of them. It's too many to control. If somebody wants to come and fight against us, they will become allies with our enemies. We need to find a way to destroy them. See, these are the conversations that government have, brothers and sisters. Well, okay, this year we need to ramp up vaccines, okay? We need to go drop a, a couple hundred thousand guns off in, net, in the ghettos. See, we need to, you know, start sending more of them overseas to war. This is the conversations they have, brothers and sisters. Read verse seven, brother. Verse seven. So the king answered the elders of Egypt and said unto them. What did the king say, brother? This is the plan advised against Israel. Read that again. This is a plan advised against Israel. No, advised for Israel. Advised against Israel. From which we will not depart. So he's saying this plan is going to be concrete. We will not change this plan. Continue, brother. Verse 8. Behold, in the land are Pithom and Ramesses, cities unfortified against battle. It behoove you and us to build them and to fortify them. So here it is, Pithom and Ramesses, cities, they're under the Egyptian rulership, brothers and sisters, that are unprotected, which means they didn't have walls. In ancient times, if you didn't have walls around your land, you were open or susceptible to attack, brothers and sisters. So here it is, he's saying Pithom and Ramesses don't have walls. They're unfortified. So it would behoove all of us to go build some walls. Read that one more time, brother, verse 8. Verse 8. Behold, in the land are Pithom and Ramesses, cities unfortified against battle. It behooves you and us to build them and to fortify them. Now, therefore, go you also and act cunningly toward them. See, it's saying act cunning towards us. See, they're crafty. They know they could never come out right and just destroy us, brothers and sisters. All governments have, have dealt with us wisely. They know that if they come against us all at once and just flat out right, we'll band together and destroy them. So they said, nah, we got to do this cunningly. We have to do this, you know, subtle. Read 9 one more time, brother. Verse 9. Now therefore go, go you also and act cunningly toward them and proclaim a voice in Egypt and Goshen. Goshen is where the Israelites were. At the command of the king. At the command of who? The king. Saying. What are they, what are they going to say? All men of Egypt, Goshen, Pathros, and all their inhabitants. So here it is. The king is saying, I'm going to send out my workers 
to eat all through Egypt and Goshen and Pathros and do what? And we're going to say, I want you to, I want you to disseminate what you're reading here. So he sent all of his workers to the lands where we were at, brothers and sisters, and made a decree. Can you read verse 10 again? Verse 10. All you men of Egypt, Goshen, Pathros, and all their inhabitants, the king has commanded us to build Pithom and Ramesses, and to fortify them for battle. Who amongst you all, who amongst you all of all Egypt, of the children of Israel, and of all the inhabitants of the cities. Read that one more time, brother, verse 10. Because here it is, he's saying, I want the Egyptian and the Israelites to work. Verse 10. All ye men of Egypt, Goshen, Pathros, and all their inhabitants, the king has commanded us to build Pithom and Ramesses, and to fortify them for battle. Who amongst you of all Egypt, of the children of Israel, and of all the inhabitants of the cities, are willing to build with us, shall each have his wages given to him daily at the king's order. So here it is. He's saying everyone who's willing to work on these walls will be paid. Everyone will be paid, Egyptians and Israelites alike. This is what he's telling them to do, brothers and sisters. So go you first and do cunningly, and gather yourselves and come to Pithom and Ramesses to build. Now this was their plan, brothers and sisters. He said, okay, well, listen, we're going to have Egyptians and Israelites working on these walls, and you'll be paid daily. Listen to this closely, brothers and sisters. Read verse 11, Brother Joshua. Verse 11. And which you are building, cause a proclamation of this kind to be made throughout Egypt every day at the command of the king. So here it is. It says, while you're building, this is what you are to do. This was the command of the king. Who today would be the president, brothers and sisters, which is government. This is government here. Read verse 12. Verse 12. And when some of the children of Israel shall come to build with you. Read that part again. And when some of the children of Israel shall come to build with you, you shall give them their wages daily for a few days. For what? For a few days. So here it is. He's telling his people, the Egyptians, when the Israelites come to work, you pay them their wages for a few days. Continue. Verse 13. And after they shall have built with you for their daily hire. Read that one more time, brother. And after they shall have built with you for their daily hire, drag yourselves away from them daily one by one in secret. And then you shall rise up and become their taskmasters and officers. And you shall leave them afterward to build without wages. And should they refuse... Then force them with all your might to build. Brothers and sisters, look at this closely, okay? Because he's telling you, here it is, he's speaking to Egyptians. He said, initially I want the Egyptians and the Israelites to work. And, and I want you to pay the Israelites for the first few days, for the first few months. You pay them their daily wages. But after the first few months, I want less and less, one or two each day, Egyptians not to show up to work. See? He said, drag yourselves away from them daily, one by one, in secret. So imagine, brothers and sisters, you have a hundred black people and a hundred, a hundred, let's just say white people, even though these people weren't white. A hundred black people and a hundred white people working on a building. 
And every day, there's a less there's less of the white people showing up. So it's a hundred black people and then ninety eight white people. It's a hundred black people and ninety seven white people. It's a hundred black people and ninety six white people. So this is what was going on, brothers and sisters. I need you to look at it closely because this was very, very crafty, brothers and sisters. Brother Joshua, please read Jasher 65 and 13 again. I need you to listen to this closely, brothers and sisters. This was their plan. Here he's speaking to a room full of Egyptians on how to operate concerning us. Jasher 65 and 13. And after they shall have built with you for their daily hire, drag yourselves away from them daily one by one in secret. Now here it is. He said, after the Hebrews have worked for you, each day I want less Egyptians to show up. And then you shall rise up and become their taskmasters and officers. And you shall leave them afterward to build without wages. And should they refuse... That forced them with all your might to build. So here it is. This is how they tricked us, brothers and sisters. Notice when Moses was born, we were already slaves. We're learning how that happened, brothers and sisters. This is how that actually happened here. So first they had the promise of money, brothers and sisters. They promised to pay us, and they did that for about a month. And then going forward... You, less and less Egyptians would show up to work each and every day. And when they finally came back after a few months, they had whips in their hands, brothers and sisters. So our people started to look around and notice, it's only Hebrews here, what's going on? Uh, as long as we're being paid, we kept going, right? And then those same Egyptians come back with swords, with whips and tools to be able to oppress us, brothers and sisters. And they held back the wages, so at that point, they start paying us wages, brothers and sisters. And they said, well, listen, if you don't work, we're going to whip you. We're going to beat you. This was government, brothers and sisters. This was a government plan, brothers and sisters. So don't tell us that government is not evil, that, oh, government is there, you know, for, for your benefit. No, the government has never been there for your benefit. Read verse 14, brother. Verse 14. And if you do this... It will be well with us to strengthen our land against the children of Israel. Read that part again. And if you do this, it will be well with us to strengthen our land against the children of Israel. For on account of the fatigue of the building and the work, the children of Israel will decrease because you will deprive them from their wives day by day. Look at this. Are you seeing this, brothers and sisters? They're saying, listen, the hard work is going to fatigue them. And therefore, they will not be able to, you know, go home and handle business. See? And because of that, they'll stop population. They'll stop populating. So look at this, brothers and sisters. The plan the entire time was to keep us from populating, separating us from our wives, making us work hard work, beating and whipping us for free, brothers and sisters. Now, why are we bringing this out? This was black on black, brothers and sisters. This was Egyptians or Africans, Hamites, against Hebrews, brothers and sisters. So I don't want to hear this, oh, it's the white man, the white man, the white man. Nah. The white man, is a, he's involved too, but it wasn't just the white man. What about when the Egyptians did this to us? If you want to be mad at somebody, it's all of the Gentiles, brothers and sisters. I need you to read verse 14 again, brother, please. Verse 14. 
And if you do this, it will be well with us to strengthen our land against the children of Israel. For on account of the fatigue of the building and the work, the children of Israel will decrease. Because you will deprive them from their wives day by day. Continue. And all the elders of Egypt heard the counsel of the king. And what, brother? And all the elders of Egypt heard the counsel of the king. See, this was a room full of Egyptians the king was speaking to. And the counsel seemed good in their eyes, and in the eyes of the servants of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of all of Egypt. And they did according to the word of the king. Look at that, brothers and sisters. See, this was government. This is why the Most High said you trust in oppression and stay thereon. See? You've, you, you've, forsaken, you've forsaken the living water and did what? And found this. <laughs> of people who you, you think you can trust that are working against you. Yeah, they'll smile in your face. Yeah, yeah, brother. Yeah, you know, everybody's equal. We're going to pay you, brother. When this, the venom, the vitriol we're reading here, brothers and sisters, this was government. Read verse 16, please, brother. Verse 16. And all the servants went away from the king, and they caused a proclamation to be made in all Egypt. Now look at that, brothers and sisters. This was the proclamation. This was the proclamation, brothers and sisters. Jump to verse 26, brother. Chapter 65, verse 26. And after all the Egyptians had withdrawn from the children of Israel, they returned and became oppressors and officers over them. So once the plan was fulfilled, the first month, brothers and sisters, they had Egyptians and Hebrews alike working to build this wall. And we were being paid daily. After that first month, less and less Egyptians showed up to work, brothers and sisters. To after time, it was just Israelites there working, receiving no pay, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 26. And after all the Egyptians had withdrawn from the children of Israel, they returned and became oppressors and officers over them. And some of them stood over the children of Israel as taskmasters to receive from them all they gave them for the pay of their labor. See, so they wanted our money back, their money back. See, brothers and sisters? So here it is. All the money they did pay us, they have now taken back from us. Continue. Verse 27. And the Egyptians did in this manner to the children of Israel day by day, in order to afflict in their work. And all the children of Israel were alone engaged in, in the labor. Read that again, brother. And all the children of Israel were alone engaged in the labor. And the Egyptians refrained from giving any pay to the children of Israel from that time forward. It says the children of Israel were the only ones working. And the Egyptians refused to pay us going forward, brothers and sisters. See? Why? Because we're so trusting. This is what Titus was saying. To the pure, all things are pure. See? So here it is. We're looking like, well, yeah, we're going to do some work. We're going to get paid. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Why would they, you know, why would they have a problem with that? See? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 28. Chapter 65, verse 28. And all the children of Israel were alone engaged in the labor. And the Egyptians refrained from giving any pay to the children of Israel from that time forward. And when some of the men of Israel refused to work on account of the wages 
not being given to them. So when some of our people refuse to work, then the extractors and the servants of Pharaoh oppressed them and smote them with heavy heavy blows. With what? With heavy blows. And made them return by force to labor with their brethren. Thus did all the Egyptians honor the children of Israel all the days. See? Look at that, brothers and sisters. This was government here. See? This was government that did this to us. They tricked us out of our wages. They tricked us into slavery, brothers and sisters. And from that time forward, they forced us, devoid of any pay, brothers and sisters, devoid of any resources, brothers and sisters. We just wanted to show you that. We just wanted to highlight that, brothers and sisters. Now, the key thing is there was somebody who one of our tribes actually didn't go to work for them. We're going to show you who it was. Jump to verse 32 and 33, brethren. Chapter 65, verse 32. But the children of Levi were uh, not... Of who? The children of Levi. That is your modern-day Haitians, the priest tribe, where Moses and Aaron came from. Were not employed in the work with their brethren of Israel from the beginning unto the day of their going forth from Egypt. For all the children of Levi knew that the Egyptians had spoken all these words with deceit to the Israelites. With what? With spoken these words... With deceit to the Israelites. Therefore the children of Levi refrained from approaching to the work with their brethren. See, so look at that. So all of our people didn't go. The ones who were closest to God, the Levites, they said, Well, listen, we don't trust them. They're liars. I don't trust they're not gonna pay us, they're lying. So the our brethren, the Levites, who would later become the priests, they didn't go, brothers and sisters. They never went to work there. And because they never went to work, the Egyptians never came to go, you know, came to force them. They're like, well, listen, we got all these other Israelites here. We don't need them here. See? So all of our people weren't tricked. Showing you what? The closer you are to God, brothers and sisters, the smarter you will be. You'll be smarter than your enemies, as the Bible say, brothers and sisters. Levi, the modern-day Haitians, was the only tribe that did not get tricked by the Egyptians. We just wanted to show you, this was Egypt and their glory, brothers and sisters, was to beat us, whip us, cause us to build free of charge, brothers and sisters. And this was government imposition. So don't tell me that Egypt... Or, or not just Egypt, but any government is good. Because when you turn the American dollar bill on the back, what do you see? Exactly, the, the Egyptian pyramids. That's on purpose, brothers and sisters. Why would they be putting an Egyptian pyramid <laughs> on the back of a dollar in America? Because it's the same things they had us building, brothers and sisters. America is using the same exact plan of the Egyptians, brothers and sisters. The same exact plan. We just wanted to highlight that. We wanted to emphasize that. We wanted to show you how government have always worked against our people. From Genesis, the beginning of the Bible, to the last book in the Bible, is government corruption, brothers and sisters. And today's lesson is titled, The Instrument of S Satan's Instruments of Evil, brothers and sisters. We're showing you this is what he uses. He uses government infrastructure to oppress brothers and sisters. 
I need you to read. Uh, let's just let's just read these scriptures again, brothers and sisters, because um, I want us to I want us to get this point here. We're gonna jump back up to read twenty six through twenty eight again, brothers and sisters. Because I want our people who I know have never heard this story before to really, really get how cunning this plan was, brothers and sisters. Chapter 65, verse 26. And after all the Egyptians had withdrawn from the children of Israel, they returned and became oppressors and officers over them. And some of them stood over the children of Israel as taskmasters to receive from them all that they gave them for the pay of their labor. And the Egyptians did in this manner to the children of Israel day by day in order to afflict in their work. Now, we wanted to see, show you this is race against race, brothers and sisters. So don't tell me all people are equal. There never was a time in the history of the world where all people was equal, brothers and sisters. You always have somebody ruling and somebody who's subjugated or, or subject, brothers and sisters. So don't, don't, don't try to convince me that all people are equal. See, the oppressor, if, if, if the oppressor heard you saying that we was all equal, they would, you would be the best slave they could find. Matter of fact, they'll pay you to teach that. Matter of fact, I'll give you a, a pulpit to teach that doctrine that you as a slave is equal to the master. Because why? If the slave actually believes they're being treated equal I mean, that's the best thing a master could want <laughs> because you're not looking for anything better. You think you're being treated equally. You think being sprayed with water hoses and vaccinated, you know, killing, killing your babies, you know, sending you on the front line of wars. You think that's equal. You're a good slave. Read verse 28, brother, because here we're showing you that they found ways to adroitly oppress our people. And then we're going to move on. Verse 28. And all the children of Israel were alone engaged in the labor. And the Egyptians refrained from giving any pay to the children of Israel from that time forward. And when some of the men of Israel refused to work on account of the wages not being given to them, then the extractors and the servants of Pharaoh oppressed them and smote them with heavy blows. They smote them with flowers. With heavy blows. No, they smote them with hugs and kisses. With heavy blows. And made them return by force to labor with their brethren. Thus did all the Egyptians honor the children of Israel all these days. That's race against race, brothers and sisters. So we just wanted to show you that. They showed no compunction for their devious acts, brothers and sisters. Proving how our lack of political literacy has devastated our nation. This is what government does, brothers and sisters. Now, the question is, was what they did right? Was that right according to God, brothers and sisters? We'll answer that with the Bible. See, that's we like to use the Bible at this church, brothers and sisters. We let the Bible give us answers. We don't do like Christians, brothers and sisters. We let the Bible interpret itself. Let's see. According to God's word was what they did to us right. Jeremiah 22 and 13. What's that say, brother? Woe unto him that buildeth that. Buildeth his house by unrighteousness, and his chambers by wrong, that useth his neighbor's service without wages. That does what? That useth his neighbor's service without wages, 
and giveth him not for his work. See, so this text emphasizes the prohibition of fraud, brothers and sisters. Forced labor without pay is in violation of the Torah and Tanakh, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, please. Jeremiah 22, verse 13. Woe unto him that buildeth his house by unrighteousness. Destruction. And his chambers by wrong, that uses that useth his neighbor's service without wages, and giveth him not for his work. See, so according to God, brothers and sisters, wages cannot be righteously redeferred after work is done, brothers and sisters. Here, oppression by fraud is forbidden. This is here in Jeremiah, brothers and sisters, in the Tanakh, brothers and sisters, withholding payments are condemned by God. So was what the Egyptian government did right? Further proof. Let's go to Proverbs 3 and 27, Brother Joshua. See, we're, we're going to pick each one of these governments apart piece by piece and, and measure them against God's word. To show you that government has always been the instrument of evil that Satan has utilized against us. Proverbs 3 verse 27. Withhold not good from them to whom it is due. When it is in the power of thine hand to do it. Look at that. Say not unto thy neighbor. Go and come again. And tomorrow I will give. When thou has it by thee. See, so the duty to pay debt on a timely basis is sourced where? In God's laws. Brothers and sisters, this precept is directly pointed against what? Incurring debt. Brothers and sisters. Why? Because debt equals time of servitude, according to God. If you owe a debt, then that means you owe time of servitude. So here it is. There's a principle that's being pro that's being publicized here brothers and sisters and what is it can you read 27 again brother verse 27 withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it is in the power of thine hand to do it see so the opportunity to do what's ethical imposes the obligation to do it brothers and sisters when when a bill is due and you have it you're obligated to pay it verse 28 emphasizes that read that brother please Verse 28, say not unto thy neighbor, go and come again, and tomorrow I will give, I will give, when thou has it by thee. When what? When thou has it by thee. See, so if our financial obligation is due, it's sinful to wait until tomorrow to pay, brothers and sisters. It's telling you, don't put off until tomorrow what's obligated to be done today. That's like a brother, you let a brother use a hundred dollars. And uh, you go to get the money back, and he had the money. And he's like, well, actually, let me give it to you tomorrow. Let me actually get it uh, next week for you, brother, because if I give you this hundred, that's going to be my last hundred. So let me actually hold on to this hundred that I owe you. And then when I get paid again, when I get 200, then I'll give you the hundred back. That's wrong. And if you grew up where I grew up, brothers and sisters, if you grew up in these ghettos, then you know that can get you hurt, brothers and sisters. Where somebody owe you money... And then they all out on vacation, walking around with new Jordans and all that. A brother owe you, you know, owe you $5. And then you see him all up at uh, the Shake Shack, you know, spending all this money on food. But can't give me my money. 
See, that's a principle. This is how you know <laughs> the bodies of Israelites because that in our communities can get you killed, brothers and sisters, because of the principle of the disrespect that you owe me money. You have it right there, but yet you're not giving it to me. See, you know these people were black <laughs> and Hispanic, brothers and sisters, because these are the principles that we operate on. Let's read that one more time, brother, and then we're going to go forward because we just wanted to go here to measure the Egyptian government against what God's word says. Proverbs 3, verse 27. Withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. Say not unto thy neighbor, Go and come again, and tomorrow I will give, when thou hast it by thee. See? So the way we pay our bills is a testimony to our faith in Christ, brothers and sisters. See? That's the key. The way you pay your bills, brothers and sisters, is a testimony according to God, brothers and sisters. What the Egyptians did against us, what the Egyptian government did against us was wrong according to the Bible, brothers and sisters. The Bible says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let all things be established. We went to Jeremiah and we went to Proverbs to show you that what they did was wrong. According to the Torah and the Tanakh, brothers and sisters, that was government. That was government, brothers and sisters. Let's move on to the next government, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Daniel, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to the Babylonian and the Persian Empire. We'll go to Daniel um, 6 and 6. We'll read 6 through 8. Daniel 6, verse 6. Now, brothers and sisters, when you read the book of Daniel, Daniel was taken into captivity by Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. And then he served until their successors, the Persians. So he served through, our people at that time, served through not only the Babylonians, which is the modern day Iraq, but the Persians, which is the modern-day Iranians. Verse 6. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king. Hold up. <laughs> this is government, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors, and the princes... The counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now look at this, brothers and sisters. <laughs> okay, this is government. I mean, verse six and seven emphasized that it was government. And you're seeing here that they make laws diametrically opposed to what we do intrinsically, brothers and sisters. This is government. See? Read verse 7 again, brother, please. Verse 7. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, 
He shall be cast in the de- into the den of lions. Into the what? Into the den of lions. So they made a law, brothers and sisters, where you could not pray for 30 days. You were not allowed to pray or ask your God for anything for 30 days. The only person you could pray to and worship was the king. See? So look at this, brothers and sisters. <laughs> this was the law. This was the law, because why? It said they wanted to establish a royal statute, a firm decree. See, that's law. Government had implemented law against God. Read verse 8, brother, please. Verse 8. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing, that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians. Which altereth not. Where brothers, excuse me, brothers and sisters, you see that was a law signed by the king, brothers and sisters. So what we saw was Daniel had to operate with some level of dissidence, brothers and sisters, because we know the story, we know what transpired. Daniel uh, eventually was thrown into the to the lion's den. Brothers and sisters, we know this. So we just wanted to show you that government is responsible for the shambolic society we live in today. Was that of God, brothers and sisters? To make a law where we could only praise and worship a king or a president? Was that of God? See? Now, why do we have to break it down like this? Because our people are very trusting. I understand that. Our people are very, very trusting. Why? Because they're pure. So we believe that everyone, you know, uh, is looking out for us. So we can trust everyone. Nobody has an agenda against us. Today, that lie will be dismantled and extinguished, brothers and sisters. Because why? Here we go again. Time after time after time, we start trusting the government. And it always ends up against us, brothers and sisters. Government is diametrically opposed to God and the Bible, brothers and sisters. And I'm, I'm putting that out there because a lot of our people, especially who grew up, you know, our, our parents that grew up in the Christian church or the Catholic church, they say, well, God said, follow the laws of the land. What scripture is that? Because here it is, this was a law of the land right here that we're reading in Daniel 6. Let us show you. Let, let me read it again. Read verse, uh, read verse 7, brother. Daniel 6, verse 7. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors, and the princes, and the counselors, and the captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statue and to make a firm decree. That whosoever shall ask a petition of any God or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. That was law. See, so God would never say follow the laws of the land. Because if that's the case, then two men can get married according to God. God never said, nor would ever say that, brothers and sisters. Now, what I will do, am I saying don't follow government? No, I'm not saying that, brothers and sisters. Let me be clear. What I'm saying is I will follow every government law 
that coincides with my Bible. And the moment that they surpass the restrictions in my Bible, I'm going to have to gracefully bow out. <laughs> so God say, don't steal, don't kill. So does the government. Okay, I can deal with that. If you steal or kill, you should go to jail. Because why? That's against my law. That's against God's law. See? Let's go to Isaiah, brother. 59. Because we just needed to show you the corrupt government, brothers and sisters. The structure itself. The history shows you how wicked government is, brothers and sisters. We're going to read... Isaiah 59, 14, and 15. Isaiah 59, verse 14. And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Look at this, brothers and sisters. We're reading the result of a society governed by the wicked. Could you read that again, brother? Verse 14. And judgment is turned away backward. And justice standeth afar off. Look at this, brothers and sisters. <laughs> judgment is turned backwards. Justice is nowhere near, brothers and sisters. What you'll learn is in a hedonistic society, justice is trampled underfoot, even publicly. Let me show you that even publicly, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 14. And judgment is turned away backward. And justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street. It's fallen where? In the street. That means publicly. And equity cannot enter. See? So this is where truth is disregarded. And guess what? Where truth is disregarded, there can be no justice, brothers and sisters. This is what happens when you have a heathenistic government with rulership. Read verse 15, brother, please. Verse 15. Yeah. Truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. Read that again, brother. Truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. He maketh himself the prey, brothers and sisters. According to Isaiah 59, departure from evil exposes us as prey to the wicked, brothers and sisters. The wicked now perceive you as adversarial, brothers and sisters. See? And guess what? Daniel, the sixth chapter, showed that. They threw Daniel into the lion's den for praying to God, brothers and sisters. See? Let's read those two scriptures one more time and then move forward, Brother Joshua. Verse 14. And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Yeah, truth faileth. And he that departed from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. So, brothers and sisters, these scriptures reference the prevalence of iniquity. Brothers and sisters, this is a society we're living in right now. Brothers and sisters. This is the society we're living in right now. And we're learning that government has always been wicked. From Egypt to Babylon, to Persia, from to Greece, to Rome. All of them, brothers and sisters. That's why when Christ comes back, he's bringing a government, brothers and sisters. The 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe. That will be the government of the kingdom of heaven, brothers and sisters. Christ is bringing a government with him. 
Let's go to Matthew 10 and 28, brother. Let's go to the New Testament. Matthew 10 and 28. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Brothers and sisters, we should not shape our lives around the threat of men. That pose that pose against us, brothers and sisters. See, that's the key right there. If men kill us, it's temporary. If God kill us, it will be forever, brothers and sisters. We just wanted to show you that. See, because why Christ understands that it's going to come a time when you're going to have to have courage, brothers and sisters. Why? Because Satan is the God of this earth, as the Bible tells you. Satan is the God of this earth. They can see he's controlling the earth as long as the most high allow brothers and sisters. See? So we needed to show you that it's going to, if you're going to stand for Christ, you have to understand this. You can't deal with fear, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, please. Brother Joshua, Matthew 10 verse 28 and fear not them which kill the body but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. See, the body is a small matter in comparison with the soul, brothers and sisters. Temporal death is a slight thing compared to eternal death, brothers and sisters. See? So we just wanted to show you, we just went from the Egyptian empire to the times of the Babylonian and Persian empire. All the empires that we're going to, we served, brothers and sisters. We served slavery to all these empires that we're going through right now. See, a lot of us think it was just the white man, just the Romans. No, we've been in captivity many times. We've served the Egyptians. We've served the Babylonians. We've served the Persians. We've served the Greeks. We've served the Romans. But now it's over. This is the last one, brothers and sisters. Everybody have taken their turn on us, brothers and sisters. Every one of them have taken their turn on Israel, used Israel, abused Israel, robbed and hurt Israel. And when Christ comes back, he is going to be angry. Now, let's go to the Greek Empire, brothers and sisters. We're going all the way through. We had to do an extensive study. Why? Because we're tired. We're sick and tired of our people being taken advantage of by government. Let's go to 1st Maccabees. Because this was the time of what? This was the time of the Greeks during Alexander the Greek, uh, Antiochus Epiphanes. The book of Maccabees in your apographer. This was during the time where the Greeks, who are, you know, of course, Edomites, white people. They ruled over us, brothers and sisters. Let's show you what their government, how they operated against our people. Let's read verse 41. Uh, through 44, Brother Joshua. First Maccabees 1, verse 41. Moreover, King Antiochus wrote to his whole kingdom. Read that again, brother. Moreover, King Antiochus wrote to his whole kingdom that all should be one people. We just wanted to prove to you that this was government again. King Antiochus. See? That's the president. He wrote to his whole kingdom. Read that one more time because there's something key there I don't want our brothers and sisters to miss. Verse 41, 
Moreover, King Antiochus wrote to his whole kingdom that all should be one people. That what? That all should be one people. He wanted everyone to be the same. That all should be one people and everyone should leave his laws. So all the heathens agreed according to the commandment of the king. So here it is, brothers and sisters. Antiochus wanted to Hellenize the Israelite community. He wanted us to walk away from our God's laws and follow the Greeks' laws, brothers and sisters. See, he's saying all people should be the same. We don't want you Israelites, you know, trying to think you're better than us because you're not eating pork and different stuff. Listen, do away with God's laws and follow my laws. Read those two scriptures again, brother, please. First Maccabees 1 verse 41. Moreover, King Antiochus wrote to his whole kingdom that all should be one people. And every one should leave his laws. So all the heathen agreed according to the commandment of the king. Yeah, many also of the Israelites consented to his religion and sacrificed on idols and profaned the Sabbath. And did what? And profaned the Sabbath. See that, brothers and sisters? So, so what did he do? You had the Greeks or Antiochus Epiphanes issued a decree to abolish the observance of the Mosaic laws. Brothers and sisters, read the next scripture, brother. Verse 44. For the king had sent letters by messengers unto Jerusalem and the cities of Judah that they should follow the strange laws of the land. See, so look at that, brothers and sisters. Maccabees emphasized the dictatorship that removed our religious freedoms, brothers and sisters. Are you seeing that? See? Jump to verse 50, brother, please. Verse 50, and whosoever would not do according to the commandment of the king, he said, he should die. Read that again, brother. Verse 50, and whosoever would do not, verse 50, and whosoever would not do according to the commandment of the king, he said, he should die. Insubordination would be punishable by death, brothers and sisters. This is government here. See, whoever didn't, whoever didn't acquiesce, whoever didn't submit to the king would be killed. See, this is king. This is government here. Read verse 56 and 57, brother, please. Verse 56. Tell them what book and chapter you're in. First Maccabees 1, verse 56. And when they had rent in pieces the books of the law which they found, they burnt them with fire. So they ripped up the Bible. They ripped up the laws, the, the you know, the Torah, the Tanakh. They ripped it up and burnt it, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. Verse 56. And when they had rent in pieces the books of the law which they found, they burnt them with fire. They did what? They burnt them with fire. And whosoever was found with any the book of the testament. Read that part one more time. Verse 57, and whosoever was found with any the book of the testament, or if any committed to the law, the king's commandment was that they should put him to death. That what, brother? That they should put him to death. So the first thing we notice here is that the king commanded that all copies of the law be burned, brothers and sisters. See? 
Look at that closely, brothers and sisters. Now, such egregious acts are a normality for government. <laughs> Proven that our political literacy is almost non-existent. Because anyone who trusts government, it's obvious they don't know history, brothers and sisters. Because here it is. They ripped up our, you know, ripped up our laws, ripped up the testimonies of our forefathers, and they said that anyone who committed to God's laws would be killed. Read 57 again, brother. Verse 57. And whosoever was found with any the book of the testament, or if any committed to the law, the king's commandment was that they should be put, that they should put him to death. See? See, brothers and sisters? That's government. So I want somebody to, to provide uh, evidence when government was good. We need that, brothers and sisters. I need that. Point to a time in history where government benefited our people, brothers and sisters. I'm talking to the children of Israel here. And also, if a Gentile was listening, you should also understand what government is. Because a lot of white people or Edomites, they really trust government. They think government is there for them. They are really about their politics, brothers and sisters, where a Republican will only marry a Republican or a Democrat will only marry a Democrat with the white, with the white people. So, brothers and sisters, we just wanted to show you. What did we want to show you? We wanted to show you that government has always been evil, brothers and sisters. Always. Everything we've gone through so far today has been the Pharaoh or it's been the kings, his counselors, his Congress. And everything they've done was against God. And of course, it was against us. See? So our people have to wake up. Even if, listen, Barack Obama was not for our people. What did he do for black people? What did he do other than say, you know, what free health care, you know, so you can get these vaccines <laughs> and homosexuals can get married? Any government, I don't care if you're black or white, if you're in their government, you are evil because they're not going to allow you to be good. It doesn't work that way. Only someone naive would think that they can get in the government and then change it. You never change. You never change it. They will change you. They will change you. So we have to separate from them, brothers and sisters. We have to separate from their politics, from trusting in the government. Let's show you. Let's go to Baruch in the Apocrypha, chapter 3, verse 8 through 13, brother Joshua. Baruch 3, verse 8. Behold, we are yet this day in our captivity, where thou hast scattered us for a reproach and a curse. And to be subject to payment. That's taxes. According to all the iniquities of our fathers, which departed from the Lord our God. You can't tell me that we're not the children. <laughs> you can't tell me this is not us. Because here it is. He said, in the day of our captivity, where we've been scattered. Slave ships, brothers and sisters. Slave, slave ships went not just to America. They went to the Indies. They went to Brazil. They went to South America. These slave ships went a lot of places, brothers and sisters. The French got slaves. See? Read that again, brother, please. Baruch 3, verse 8. Behold, 
We are yet this day in our captivity, where thou hast scattered us for a reproach and a curse, and to be subject to payments, according to all the iniquities of our fathers, which departed from the Lord our God. So verse 8, brothers and sisters, highlights the relationship between our captivity and our disobedience. It says the iniquities of our fathers who departed from God. Verse 9, brother. Verse 9. Hear, Israel, the commandments of life. Give ear to understand wisdom. Now happeneth it Israel. How did it happen Israel? How happeneth it Israel that thou art in thine enemy's land? He said, how did you get, I mean, how did you get to America? How did you get here? That thou art waxed old in a strange country. That thou art defiled with the dead. That thou art counted with them that go down into the grave. Thou hast forsaken the fountain of wisdom. For if thou hast walked in the way of God. For what? For if thou hadst walked in the way of God, thou shouldst have dwelled in peace forever. Mm. Look at that, brothers and sisters. God's law is not oppressive. Disobedience to his laws lead to oppression, brothers and sisters. See? According to this literature, sin merits and deserves the punishment of total destruction. Read verse 13 again, brother, please. Verse 13. For if thou hadst walked in the way of God, thou shouldst have dwelled in peace forever. We would have dwelled in peace forever if we followed his commandments, his laws, statutes, and commandments, brothers and sisters. See? So what you're looking for from the government you should be getting from God and his word, brothers and sisters. See, only a wicked government would, you know, would institute laws or, or you know, holidays that's against God. That the Bible say don't celebrate. See, these are federal holidays. Christmas is a federal holiday. Which is against Christ. It's against God. It's pagan. Thanksgiving. The slaughter of the North American Indians, which are the tribe of Gad. See? Easter. Celebrating bunnies and eggs has nothing to do with Christ. The disciples never celebrated Easter. And bunnies don't lay eggs. See, brothers and sisters? See? We're just showing you that government is evil, brothers and sisters. And we need to wake our people up. We need to shake our people until they wake up. Because time and time again, we've been taken advantage of. And that time is over. The Bible tells you that knowledge would increase in the last days. And wisdom and knowledge would be our stability. So we have to bring our people this knowledge. We have to bring our people this wisdom, this history to wake them up, to protect them. So the only way we can protect you, brothers and sisters, is to show you their history. We're going to go into their histrionics to show you. They've done the same thing over and over and over again. Let's go to Lamentations, brother, in the in the uh, in the Tanakh, in the Old Testament. We're going to Lamentations, brothers and sisters. Uh, we'll go to Lamentations five and sixteen. Lamentations five, verse sixteen. What does that say, brother? The crown has fallen from our head. Woe unto us! That we have sinned. That we have what? That we have sinned. Brothers and sisters, Jeremiah understood that our calamity came upon us because of our sin. 
How do we know? Read that one more time. Verse 16. The crown has fallen from our head. Woe unto us that we have sinned. So the crown was what? Authority, rulership, brothers and sisters. This text tells us that honor is lost when righteousness is abandoned. Our people had autonomy. We were seen as God's chosen people over all nations on the earth. Lamentation says what? Lamentation said what, brothers and sisters? It said the crown, the authority have fallen from our head. Why? Because we sinned, brothers and sisters. Read verse 8, brother Joshua. Jump up to verse 8, please. Lamentations 5, verse 8. Servants have ruled over us. What did he say? Servants have ruled over us. There is none that doth deliver us out of their hand. Read that first part, brother. Servants have ruled over us. Look at that. Look at that, brothers and sisters. Servants are ruling over us. Our fall meant that all of society's order was upset, brothers and sisters. Now, lowly men rule while the kingship is subjugated. We're supposed to be the kings of the earth, brothers and sisters. Like Deuteronomy 7 tells us. See? Now we have people who are supposed to be serving us, ruling over us, brothers and sisters. We're reading the degradation of sin, brothers and sisters. See, now you understand why they're telling us the law is done away with. <laughs> See? This is why the Christian church and the Catholics are saying, well, nah, you can eat whatever you want. Right? You can celebrate Christmas. Well, yeah, yeah. In the Old Testament, the Sabbath was on Saturday, but, but now we're doing it on Sunday. See? Now you see, Israel, this is why they're telling you to break the law. Because they understand us continuing to sin against God allows them to stand on our backs, brothers and sisters. Let us prove to you that the Greeks knew this. Let's go back to the Greeks, brother. Let's go to 2 Maccabees 4 and 11 to show you how conniving they were to get us to break God's laws. 2 Maccabees 4, verse 11. We're at 2 Maccabees 4 and 11, brothers and sisters. And the royal privileges granted of special favor to the Jews. To who? To the Jews by the means of John the father of Eupolemus. Eupolemus. Who went ambassador to Rome for amenity and act and aid. He took away and put down the governments which were according to the law. He brought up new customs against the law. Brothers and sisters, this is telling you, it says that, read the first part again, brother. Verse 11. And the royal privileges granted a special favor to the Jews by the means of John, the father of Eupolemus. That's key. The royal privileges granted favor. See, so they utilized bribery as a tool for manipulation, brothers and sisters. They gave us privileges if we would leave God's laws, brothers and sisters. See, they incentivized the transgressions of God's law, brothers and sisters. Why? Because they understood it was a small price to pay for rulership. They said, you know what? Let's incentivize. For you Jews, for you Israelites, if you break God's laws, we'll give you special privileges. We'll stop taxing you. We'll give you, you know, you, we'll, you have free access to 
all of the best uh, schools, the best garments, right? The best foods. See, brothers and sisters? So they knew. They knew, brothers and sisters. That's why they gave privileges for us to transgress. This is how they compromised us. They were methodical, brothers and sisters. They promoted privileges as a tactic for persuasion. Why? Lamentations told us the crown had fallen off of our head because we have sinned, brothers and sisters. See? This is why the Most High gave starch warning on this particular act. Bribery, brothers and sisters. Let us show you. God talked about this. We're going to read it one more time to show you that there was bribery going on here. And then we'll prove that God's law uh, provided a defense for that by giving us the information. Second Maccabees 4 verse 11. The royal privileges granted of special favor to the Jews by the means of John, the father of Eupolemus, who went ambassador to Rome for a, mit a midi and aid. He took away and putting down the governments which were according to the law. So he took away the government and law of our God's law. He brought up new customs against the law. What law, brothers and sisters? The law. First five books of the Bible is called the law or the books of Moses. It's also called the Pentateuch, brothers and sisters. But according to Hebrews, they call it the law. The first five books. From Genesis all the way through De Deuteronomy, which is all the laws of Moses. See? He brought new customs up against the law, brothers and sisters. See? To show you, they understood this. They understood the power that we had and the protection if we follow God's laws. So they incentivized us to break it, brothers and sisters. They bribed us. And let us show you that God understood that Satan would use bribery. That's why he put it in his law. Let's go to Exodus, brother. Let's go to Exodus chapter 23, verse 8, brother. What does that say? Exodus 23, verse 8. And thou shalt take no gift, for the gift blinded the wise, and perverted the words of the righteous. Brothers and sisters, we're reading the power that is commonly found to be in gifts. Brothers and sisters, a gift destroyeth the heart. Many times, brothers and sisters, a person uh, who was evil or wicked would bribe somebody with a gift. They would give them something to, to you know, to obscure their, their judgment. Brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, please, brother. Because, look, this isn't a law. This is an exodus here, brothers and sisters. Verse 8. And thou shalt take no gift, for the gift blinded the wise, and perverted the words of the righteous. Now, brothers and sisters, as we learn, wicked men have always used gifts to overthrow justice and judgment. The same way they used to do in our communities where they would give those sisters, they would give the woman welfare, but also say the man can't be there. We'll give you the welfare, we'll give you the help, but the man can't live there. See? This is what they do, brothers and sisters. And the Most High knew you could be exploited by the acceptance of bribery, which we later were by the Greeks, brothers and sisters. So what we're reading here was precautionary. See, brothers and sisters, it said, 
A, a gift blinds the wise. It perverteth the words of the righteous. See, so they knew that they could incentivize or give privileges as a, you know, as a way to persuade us, brothers and sisters. That was government who was doing that, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Proverbs 15 and 27, brother. We're breaking them all the way down today, brothers and sisters, because we have to. We care too much for our people to allow this to continue. Proverbs 15, verse 27. He that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house, but he that, that hateth gifts shall live. See? So now we understand what their motive was. To trouble your own house. <laughs> See, we had people greedy of gain, which brought trouble on our own people, brothers and sisters. We read that in Maccabees, they used bribery to stimulate us into compromising godliness, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 27. He that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house. He does what? Troubleth his own house. But he that hateth gifts shall live. See? So a person who's willing to compromise righteousness for incentive is dangerous to his own, brothers and sisters. Dangerous to their own. And this text magnifies the value of what? Contentment. Brothers and sisters, being content. See? God's ministers cannot be greedy of gain or they'll compromise righteousness. Brothers and sisters. See, so here it is. We sh we're pulling all we're pulling it all out today, brothers and sisters. All of this is contained in the Bible. So it's hard for me to understand how people who claim to be believe, uh, excuse me, Bible followers, could be trusting in government when every government from Genesis to Revelations was evil, brothers and sisters. See, so. We started with the Egyptians and how they tricked us into slavery, how they tricked us into working and then pulled back the wages and started to beat us and whip us. Then we went into the Persians, uh, the Babylonians and the Persians, how they implemented laws that a person could not pray to God for 30 days. They could only pray to them, to the king for 30 days. And now we're going into the Greek Empire, the Grecians, where they burnt our Bibles. They killed us for, for, for following the Sabbath, brothers and sisters. Our people had to hide in caves to keep the Sabbath in the holy days, brothers and sisters. If a sister got her child, her son, her male child circumcised, you were killed for that. If you tried to follow any part of God's law, you were killed by the Greeks. Alexander the Greek in his line, his lineage, which happened to be white people that for that time. The Persians, people of color. Babylonians, people of color. Egyptians, people of color. See? They're all against us, brothers and sisters. Psalms 83 tells you that. All the other nations and their governments have always been against God's chosen people. The 12 tribes. You had the, the, uh, the, who you call African-Americans, the, the Haitians, the Jamaicans, those of the West Indies. You got the people of South and Central America. You got the Costa Ricans and Panamanians. You got the Puerto Ricans. 
You got some of the Vietnamese. You got some of the Cambodians. The Hawaiians, the people of the South Pacific, the people of the South China Sea, the, the Samoans, the Dominicans. These are God's people, brothers and sisters, the poor, the people who have been destroyed all through the earth. And it's the same game over and over and over again, brothers and sisters. It's the same game. The Argentinians, all of these are God's people, brothers and sisters, those in Chile. The Mexicans, the North American Indians, the Aborigines of Australia, these are God's people. These are the 12 tribes of Israel, brothers and sisters, who have continuously trusted in the wrong people and been destroyed for it. We got trust issues, brothers and sisters. We don't trust God, but we trust the people who Satan is using to destroy us. No longer. No longer will we be deceived. Let's go to the Roman Empire, brother. We dealt with the Greeks. Let's go to the Romans. Let's go to the time of Christ. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. We'll read uh, 1 through 4, brother. We're at Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. We're showing you some more corrupt government, brothers and sisters. Matthew 2, verse 1. Now when Christ was born in Bethlehem of Judah, Judea, in the days of Herod the king. In the days of who? Herod the king. Here it is, another king. Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. So here it is, king of the Jews, who? who? Christ. See? So now we're already seeing a conflict because there was a king named Haran who was a white man at that time. And now a new king was going to be born to our people. That was going to prove to be a problem. Read that one more time from the, from the top, please. Matthew 2, verse 1. Now when Christ was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Saying, what did they say, brother? Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled. He was what? He was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Now look at that. See? When he heard that the Messiah, the real king of the Jews, was born, he was anxious. He was frightened because he understood what the king of the Jews was there to do. Which is to deliver, to free, see, to take his authority, which Christ would do upon the second coming, brothers and sisters. We just wanted to show you that this here is government, Herod the king, which would be the president at that time. He was the first Gentile over that governed our people. Up until this point, no, no, no king or governor who was a Gentile ruled over the children of Israel. This was the first time, brothers and sisters. He actually became the king of the Jews. He converted into our religion or our culture and started calling himself a Jew. Today, he would have been Jewish, brothers and sisters. Harad was Jewish, brothers and sisters. He was not a Jew. Read verse 4, brother, please. Verse 4. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, 
He demanded of them where Christ should be born. Now here it is. He's gathering up all his the people that work for him saying, y'all need to tell me where this so-called king is being born. And this, read that one more time. Verse 4. And when they, and when he hurt, Matthew 2 verse 4. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Jump to verse eight, brother, because here it is. He's demanding for the log- for the logist uh, for the coordinates. Matthew two verse eight, and when he sent them to Bethlehem and said, "Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also." So here it is. He's being cunning. He's being crafty. He sent the wise men, he sent his workers to say, when you find out where, you know, where the baby is, let me know so I can come worship him also. <laughs> See? Liars. Jump to verse 16, brother. Verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth, and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem. And did what, brother? And slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth, and slew all the children that were, un- that were in Bethlehem. And in all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. This was a government plan to exterminate newborns. See? This was government here, brothers and sisters. See? So there's no way you're going to make me believe that government is not still doing the same thing and become better at it. They've become better at it now because it's thousands of years later. They've been doing this for over 2,000 years. Well over 2,000 years, brothers and sisters. And we went here to prove why God is so vehemently against government, brothers and sisters. This is why. Here it is, the king, the government, making a decree to exterminate newborn babies. Black babies, that is. People of color. Satan's instrument of evil, brothers and sisters. It's today's title. We're going to show you what Harad knew about this child. There was something that he knew because he read the scriptures. And what did the scriptures say? Isaiah 9 and 6. All the governments that have persecuted us all throughout these scriptures that we've read today... This is why they did it. They knew this right here, brothers and sisters. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. What shall be upon his shoulders? And the government shall be upon his shoulders. See, they understood that. This was the prophecy of a future child who would establish a one world order. See? This is a prophecy of the coming rule of Christ. See, all the nations know this. All the governments know this. This is why they hate us. That's why they look to kill Christ. 
Read that one more time, brother. Verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. The government of the entire world is on his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, brothers and sisters, there's, this is telling you that a new world order is coming with the Messiah. See? And this government is delegated to him by his father. See? Read that one more time, brother, please. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto, <clears throat> unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. When it says upon his shoulders, brothers and sisters, that emphasizes his supreme rule and authority. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So brothers and sisters, we're now reading the duty that will be authorized to the saints. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7, and the increase of his government. Right there. To increase his government, who's, who's supposed to do that? See? The 140, our people are supposed to do that. Those of us, brothers and sisters, who are here, those of us who are doing diligently, uh, uh, you know, against the world and for the laws of God, we are to increase his government. When Christ comes, he's going to set up counselors. He's going to set up rulers. Brothers and sisters, 144,000 of them, brothers and sisters, just in rulership. So that's how his government is going to increase. And guess what's going to happen? We will establish law all over the earth. And if you don't follow that law, Christ, Christ is going to bring judgment. See, and all the nations know this, brothers and sisters, all the nations know that Christ is bringing a government and that's why they're going to fight against them when they see him coming in the sky, brothers and sisters. These other nations are not willing to just lay down and die. They're going to fight, brothers and sisters, to no avail, of course. But this is why they hate us. Read that one more time, brother, please. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now you can't have peace without truth. Verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, and upon his kingdom, to order it, and to establish it, with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Look at that, brothers and sisters. Here it is. We are, we're going to spread the truth. That's what we are to do, brothers and sisters. And it will be the obligation of who? Of the priesthood to disseminate the truth all throughout the earth, brothers and sisters. So Christ, who the king will come, he will raise himself an army, a government out of his own people, out of the children of Israel. And they will get the earth 
under order. The whole earth will get under order, brothers and sisters. No more eating unclean foods, crabs, shrimps, lobsters. No more celebrating on Sunday. No more not observing the Sabbath. No more pagan Christmas and Easter, 4th of July, all this paganism. That is going to be over, brothers and sisters. See, this is exactly what Herod knew. Herod knew Isaiah 9 and 6. He knew that the Messiah, the king of the Jews, had a government on his shoulders. Now, what did that mean for Herod, who was part of a government himself? <laughs> See? He knew his place, his time was up. He believed that Christ was coming to do that at that time. No, Christ came to shed his blood first. And when he comes back, he's going to establish himself. See, what we, what we know about Christ, if you've ever learned Christ, Christ came meek and humble the first time. But when he comes back, he's coming with anger, brothers and sisters. He's coming with wrath. For what Satan and his minions, all his governments, his instruments of evil have done to God's people. Let's go to Matthew 24 and 30, brother. Let's go to the, the gospel here. Satan's instrument of evil. Matthew 24, verse 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. Brothers and sisters, examine the world's response to the return of the Messiah, please. Verse 30, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. Shall what, brother? All the tribes of the earth mourn. Now look at that. Rather than rejoice, the nations of the earth will mourn at the second coming of Christ. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Look at that, brothers and sisters. Upon his second coming... Liberty and democracy will be a thing of the past. See, what Christians tell you and Catholics, and well, yeah, everyone's going to be happy when Christ comes. Stop lying. You're being dishonest. You're being, uh, you're, you're being disingenuous because you know when Christ comes, authority is coming with him. Power is coming with him. Structure is coming with him. A kingdom, a rulership for people of color. The people that you've destroyed, the natives, who you destroyed, you've scalped and then called them redskins. To the Hispanics that you've made work for next to nothing and then separated from them families, from their families because they didn't have a piece of paper. From the Negroes you swung on trees. See, he's setting up a kingdom for his people. Now, does that mean other nations can't get in heaven? No, they can get in, but they're going to serve like we're serving right now. Which means our laws are going to be the laws that's implemented. Our holy days are going to be the one that's implemented. And you will have no choice on whether you serve them or not. You're going to serve the laws of our God. Or die. The same way we're serving the laws of your God right now. See? So I always encourage Gentiles. Operate today like you would be, you know. Like you would want it if the shoe was on the other foot. Because your rulership is coming to an end. As a matter of fact, I told an Edomite that the other day. I said, brother, 
you know, you're in authority right now. Your people are in authority. You have a lot of opportunity, man. And I would encourage you, you know, to operate today in your authority as you would want someone to do unto you if the roles were reversed. Because I didn't say the rest, but the role is going to be reversed. And if you think it's okay to treat people a certain way, trust and believe. What you do shall be done unto you. And some of our people, not not this church, but some of our people have a hatred for Gentiles. And they're just waiting. They're just waiting to put their boots on the back of some Gentiles. So even though our church won't deal with that, some of our people will. And I'm sure you've seen them already all on YouTube. Just calling the white man the devil and all this other mess. Which is garbage. Our brothers need to grow up. We need to grow up. Vengeance is the most high. It's not mine. It's not yours. The most high will have mercy on whom he have mercy on. And he will have venom, vitriol, and judgment against whom he decides. Brothers and sisters. And that's what's coming with Christ. Judgment. Read 31 more time, brother, please. Matthew 24, verse 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. See, we just wanted to show you, brothers and sisters. We just wanted to show you how the other nations are going to respond to seeing Christ, brothers and sisters. Let us show you something. Let's go to Luke 1 and 68, brother. We want to show you something, brothers and sisters. Why are the nations going to mourn? We're going to show you. Luke 1 and 68 is the answer. Luke 1 verse 68. Blessed be the Lord of God. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. For he hath visited and redeemed his people. Redeemed his people. See? <laughs> See, that's what they know. That's who Christ came for. Christ came to redeem his people. People, read that again, brother. Verse 26, or Luke 1, verse 68. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. That's, that's Christ. Verse 70. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies. Read that again. That we should be saved from our enemies. Read that again. That we should be saved from our enemies. And from the hand of all that hate us. That's what being saved is Christians. <laughs> so you got to, you know, Christians running around. Are you saved? Like, no, brother. And neither are you. Until Christ come. Being saved is being saved from our enemies. <laughs> what do you think... What do you think Christ is coming for? To skip through the meadows with a tulip in his teeth? Christ is going to come back and he's going to redeem us. He's going to save us from our enemies. Brothers and sisters. See? This is why the, the previous text told us that the earth is going to mourn when they see a black man coming in the sky. Because he's coming for his people. That's what being saved is. That's what salvation is. 
Not whatever Christians are running around blind saying. And let me show you what that looks like. Let me show you what that salvation for the children of Israel looks like. Let's go to Micah, brother, in the Old Testament. <clears throat> Micah chapter 5, verse 7 through 13. Micah 5, verse 7. And the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many people as a dew from the Lord, as a showers upon the grass, that tarrieth not for man, nor waiteth for the sons of men. Now we know the remnant of Jacob will be the Israelites that are left, that make it through the tribulation, and that are left upon Christ's second coming. It's telling you we will be spread out and uncontrollable, brothers and sisters. When it says like showers upon the grass, that's, that's many, brothers and sisters. Read verse 8, brother, please. Verse 8. And the remnant of Jacob shall be among the Gentiles in the midst of many people as a lion amongst, among the beasts of the forest. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 8. And the remnant of Jacob shall be among the Gentiles in the midst of many people as a lion amongst the beasts of the forest, as a young lion among the flock of sheep, who, if he go through, both treadeth down and teareth in pieces, and none can deliver. Brothers and sisters, glorious things are here spoken of the remnant of Jacob, the children of Israel. Numerous, the first text said numerous as the drops of dew in the summer's morning. And what did this part say? What did it say we're going to do? Read verse 8. Verse 8. And the remnant of Jacob shall be among the Gentiles in the midst of many people as a lion among the beasts of the forest. As a lion amongst the beasts of of the forest. So we shall epitomize strength and courage which the beast of the forest dare not oppose. As a young lion among the flocks of sheep. As a young lion amongst sheep. Who, if he go through, both tread it down and teareth in pieces, and none can deliver. If you're in the in a space with a hungry young lion. There's no one that can deliver you. See, this is what salvation looked like for us, brothers and sisters. Christ coming and him giving our people power. And the Gentiles fear this. When we become like a lion amongst the beasts of the force, uncontrollable, only to God, only to Christ, only controllable to the, to the Messiah and the Father. Read verse 9, please, brother. Verse 9, thine hand shall be lifted upon thine adversaries, and all thine enemies shall be cut off. Israel shall be a terrible power among the nations. This is what they fear. Verse 10, and it shall come to pass in that day, said the Lord, that I will cut off thy horses out of the midst of thee, and I will destroy thy chariots, and I will cut off the cities of thy land. And throw down all thy strongholds. And I will cut off witchcrafts out of thine hand. And thou shalt have no more soothsayers. So when Christ come, <laughs> it's going to be judgment. No more witchcraft. No more soothsaying. No more idolatry. No more fornication. No more. And we're going to enforce that. Under Christ's commander and leadership. See? And they know this about us. That's why they're trying to kill us off, brothers and sisters. 
government have always understood this is what God created Israel for. We were created to do what? For rulership under Christ, under the Messiah, the Hamashiach. That's what he created us for, brothers and sisters. And only those who follow God's laws, even Israelites, even black people, even Hispanics, if you don't follow God's law, you're going to hell with everyone else. So I don't, I don't want anyone to get this confused like, well, all, oh, just all Israelites are going to have rulership no matter what. No. Only Israelites that's going to get rulership are Israelites who are baptized, confess their sins, and following God's laws, statutes, and commandments. I don't care if you're blacker than the... I don't care if you just got off the slave ships. If you're not following God's law, you're going to hell. Let me be clear on that. Let's go to Isaiah, brother. Let's show him some more of what our government looks like. What salvation looks like when Christ comes, brothers and sisters. Where are we at here? We're going to Isaiah, brothers and sisters. Isaiah, excuse me, Isaiah 2 and 1. Excuse me, actually 2 and 2. Let's start at verse 2, brother Joshua. What's that say? Isaiah 2, verse 2. They shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow onto it. We're reading the exaltation of the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. Verse 3, And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. Hold on, brother. Go back. Go back to verse uh, 2. Verse 2, And it shall come to pass in the last days, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountain. The Lord's house is his people. It's the children of Israel. And when it says established in the top of the mountains, Israel will be the superpower of the world, the leading nation in all of the earth. Brothers and sisters. Verse 2. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above its hills and all nations shall flow unto it. When it says all nations shall flow unto it, brothers and sisters, it's telling you that Jerusalem will be the capital of God's divine government. Verse 3. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will, we will walk in his path, for out of Zion shall go forth the law. For what? For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Brothers and sisters, all citizens of the earth will acknowledge and submit to the Lordship of Christ. Brothers and sisters, this will be a time of enforced righteousness on the earth. It says many people will come to us and learn God's ways, and we will teach, brothers and sisters, we will teach Gentiles how to serve our God. It says, for out of Zion shall go forth the law. What is Zion? Zion is another name for the children of Israel. See? From Israel, from Jerusalem, the law will be taught to everything breathing, brothers and sisters. 
See? Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 4. And he shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Brothers and sisters, I need you to read this closely, because war and armed conflict will not be tolerated. No more. Once we're back, once Christ is here, and the children of Israel are back in their land, there will be no more war, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4. And he shall judge among nations, and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. And nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. See? This is the piece of enforced righteousness. See? When God's people are back in charge, there'll be no more war. There'll be no more weapons. There'll be no more guns. There'll be no more bombs and missiles. That'll be over. See? That's what happens when you have the right people in rulership under Christ. See, this is what salvation looks like for the children of Israel. This is what salvation looked like for the rest of the world. This is what you have to look forward to. You have, you have us going back to our land, the promised land, teaching the word of God as Christ is our king, as we serve and worship Christ and the Father. No war anywhere will be tolerated. This is what the future looks like, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Luke 19 and 15. We're almost done here, brothers and sisters. Got about three scriptures left and we're going to close it out. Satan's instrument of evil. Luke 19 and 15 through 19. Because we're showing you what's coming with Christ. Luke 19 verse 15. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom... Then he commanded these servants to be called unto him, to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. Now we know that this, the, the front part of this particular chapter was the parable about Christ in the kingdom, about Christ giving talents to us. And we were supposed to double, triple, quadruple what he's given us. Read 16, brother. Verse 16. And came the first saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over ten cities. Have what? Have thou authority over ten cities. Have what, brother? Have thou authority over ten cities. We're reading the privileges granted to the diligently faithful. Brothers and sisters, authority is only delegated to him who have proved himself worthy of it. See, this is Israel right here. Those of us who have been faithful, who have not only followed God's law, but shared it with other people, shall be granted authority over cities. See, continue, brother. Verse 18, 
And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said likewise to him, Be thou also over five cities. See, so look at that. So those who are worthy of it, based on them proving themselves, brothers and sisters, will be granted authority. Why? Because it would be unmerited to give authority to any who have not been diligently faithful, brothers and sisters. You care what other people think. And, well, they make fun of me if I don't celebrate Christmas. Okay, well, cool. Cool. You don't need to have no authority, though. We're reading the reward for faithful service is not rest, but more service. Authority. <laughs> the reward of work well done was more work to do. Authority is work. Brothers and sisters. This is what you have to look forward to. See, the, uh, all the governments, they understand this. Satan understand this too. That's why they've been persecuting us since the book of Exodus. Brothers and sisters. See? Go to Isaiah 60 and 14, brother. Because we're showing you what happens when Christ comes back for our people. And I know I sound, you know, sound a little vigorous today because it hurts to see my people taken advantage of over and over and over again. So yeah, we delivered the word, you know, differently today. We needed to. Because we need our people to wake up. No more taking advantage of the children of Israel. Isaiah 60 and 14, brother. Isaiah 60, verse 14. The sons also of them that aff afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee. Read that one more time, brother. Take your time. The sons also of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee. And all they that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the, the soles of thy feet. And they shall call thee the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. The Gentiles will become tributary to the children of Israel. Brothers and sisters, they shall come in a posture of humiliation and respect. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 14. The sons also of them that afflicted thee shall come bending on thee. See? And all they that despise thee shall bow themselves down to the soles of thy feet. See, we're reading a posture of reverence and submission. That they shall call thee the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. See? So this text is expressive of great honor and veneration. Brothers and sisters, the Gentiles will humble themselves as penitents. Brothers and sisters, this is what's coming. See, this is being saved. <laughs> Not what Christians are saying. This is what Christ is coming back for. Brothers and sisters. To right the wrongs. Where the other nations who ruled over us. Like the Egyptians did. Like the Greeks did. Like the Romans did. Like the Persians and Babylonians did. Now will serve. And when we say serve, not like how we serve. Not being beat and whipped, spit on and swung on trees. No, nah, no. Nah. We're God's people. We don't do that. That's what heathens do. You're going to want to serve. We're not going to have to force anybody in the kingdom. Because why? The only way to be in the kingdom is to serve. 
See, now you can still live your life and all that. We're not saying you're going to work and be beat every day. No, no. When we say serve, that means you're serving our holidays. You're serving our holy days. You're serving our laws. You're serving our God. So you do what the Bible says when the Bible says do it. That's called serving. See, when the Edomites, when, when the Europeans see us celebrating July 4th, Christmas, they understand they've broken us. Because you're celebrating their holy days. They have nothing to do with your culture. That's a form of servitude, brothers and sisters. And when they see you following their culture, they know they have completely broken you down. So that's the first thing. When they see you separate from them holidays, brothers and sisters, they start paying close attention. Because now the trance is being broken. When they see, you know, our people start pulling away from the pork, start pulling away from Sunday worship, from Christmas, they start paying close attention. Close, close attention to you. Because why you not celebrate? Why you ain't eating this pork, Negro? Why you not celebrating Christmas? Hmm? It could only be one reason why, and they know it. Let's go to Isaiah 66 and 23, brother, and then we'll end it at Psalms 47. Isaiah chapter 66, excuse me, chapter 66. Verse 23 and 24. Isaiah 66, verse 23. What, is, what does that say, brother? And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me. Look at that, brothers and sisters. <laughs> See? So we're reading an unequivocal promise that our culture shall prevail around the world. It's telling you our new moons, which is a holiday for us, in our Sabbath, everyone shall worship. Read it again, brother. Verse 23. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another shall all flesh come to worship before me, said the Lord. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcass of men that have transgressed against me. Brothers and sisters, according to verse 23 and 24, our holidays will be a required observance for all people, not just the children of Israel. This will be perpetual and obligatory on earth, brothers and sisters. See? So you're not going to have a choice on Sunday worship. You're going to observe the Sabbath like the Bible says. Or, read verse 24 again. Verse 24, And they shall go forth and look upon the carcass of men that have transgressed against me, for their worm shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be in a pouring onto all flesh. See? So, what was the incentive for them to acquiesce? Read it again, brother. Verse 24, And they shall go forth and look upon the carcass of men that have transgressed against me. See, that's the alternative. <laughs> the alternative will be extermination. <laughs> See, there is no freedom of religion in God's kingdom. You're not going to do what you want to do in God's kingdom, okay? You're not going to celebrate what you want to celebrate in God's kingdom. You're going to get down or lay down. And when you lay down, as they say, you stay down. See? This is what's coming with Christ. So you might as well rehearse the righteous acts now. Just start celebrating the Sabbath now. Start observing it. 
Stop eating the unclean foods now. Because why? If you're going to make it into the kingdom, it's going to be obligatory. See? So why not do it now? Because I don't see how you could not do it now, but think you can do it in the kingdom. If you know you can do it in the kingdom, just do it now. <laughs> see? Rehearse the righteous acts now. See? And we're, listen, we're not bloviating here. We're just, this is the Bible, brothers and sisters. This is the Bible telling you, you either serve our God the way our God wants to be served, or you're going to be looking upon carcasses of those who transgressed against the most I got. That's what's coming back with Christ, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to our final scripture today. Psalms. One of Psalms, brothers and sisters. Uh, let's go to Psalms 47. Verse 3 and 4. Psalms 47, verse 3. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. Christ will grant Israel superpower status. Read that again, brother. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. He will give us dominion over our enemies. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob whom he loved. Israel will assume its destined place of leadership amongst the nations, brothers and sisters. We shall rule with him as his subordinates, brothers and sisters. All the nations know this. All the nations know that when Christ comes back, the other nations' nationalities will be under us. The same way we're under them. Now, there may be a Gentile or somebody listening like, well, that's racist. Everyone's not going to be equal. Why somebody have to be over somebody? Have you looked around? So it's only okay when you rule over me. It's only okay when you're the doctors, when you're the teachers, when you're the business owners, when you're 99.9% .9 of the, the politicians and 99.99% .99 of the presidents. See, so it's only okay when it's you. But when the shoe goes on the other foot, now it's racist. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. See? So if that's the way you think, then that's an indictment on you. You've just incriminated yourself. You're the racist. Because everyone else has had a chance to rule. The Egyptians ruled during the time of Pharaoh. The Persians ruled during the time of Darius. The Babylonians ruled during the time of Nebuchadnezzar. The Greeks ruled during the time of Alexander the Greek and Antiochus Epiphanes. The Romans ruled during the time of Julius Caesar, during the time of Herod the Great. The only people who haven't ruled is us, and our, we are up next. We're up next. Today's lesson was Satan's instruments of evil, brothers and sisters. Today we did a an extensive lesson. Um, we went into each one of the the past um, empires that ruled over the children of Israel, um, and we showed how they were evil, and how they operated against us every step of the way. And somehow God continued to protect us, to save us, and to get us to this point today, uh, brothers and sisters. You know, the Most High led us to put together this lesson because. 
our people continually trust those who've been set up to destroy us. You know, I don't care if the if it's a black president or it's a black politician. The politics is set up to go against the people, especially our people, brothers and sisters. So we have to separate from their politics, separate from being a Democrat, separate from being a Republican, separate completely, brothers and sisters. Do not trust them because why? If you trust them, even if you vote for somebody else, whatever comes with that, you deserve. Why? Because you trust the system. That's why you voted. See? If you didn't trust the system, you would have never voted. Even if the person you don't want sits in the seat. If you vote, you trust the system. And God warns you about that in Isaiah chapter 31 through 3. He warned us about trusting and oppressing. He warned us about trusting in the shadow of Egypt. Brothers and sisters, I really need you to examine what the government is doing. What they've continued to do. Examine everything that comes from them. Who is it telling you that vaccines are safe? Hmm? Exactly. But you trust it because it's government. Who is teaching you that Christopher Columbus founded America? Hmm. Is that government too? Government education? See? Everything that they're disseminating, everything that they're circulating, every single thing they're promoting to God's people is wrong, brothers and sisters. It's time that we have to awaken. Today's lesson, Satan's instruments of evil. We want to say, Kwame Asherala, Kwame Asherala, sin no more. Sin no more.